Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. Uh, hey, Sarah, thanks so much for being the first person that I'm interviewing for the T3Fit podcast. Um, you're going to go ahead and tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, and your diagnosis with scoliosis, and how it has been through your life and your journey and where you are now. So feel free okay. to start okay. where you'd like. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I was born with scoliosis. I was actually born with a birth defect syndrome that incorp that involves lots of different parts of my body, but um, everything else was pretty minor. I have some minor facial asymmetry and funny little things, but scoliosis was the main thing that was affected. And I have hemivertebrae, which means that a couple of my vertebrae are misshapen. Okay. Um, and I actually don't have any x-rays. I don't know what my spine actually looks like. Um, you know, I, I hear people talk about their curves and their angles and this and that, and I just have no idea. Okay. Um, so I, when I was a baby, my spine was fused around those hemivertebrae to keep it from curving as I grew. Okay. Um, and that was, I was under two years old and then I was in a cast and then I was in different kinds of braces um, as I was, as I grew up, I was in a Milwaukee brace for a while and then for a few years. And then that's one of those crazy metal contractions, the Milwaukee right? brace. And then I was in, yeah. Yeah. And then after that, that was until I was about six or seven. And then I think I was in, I don't know what they're all called. Um, but I've heard the term Boston brace. And mm -hmm. I think that's one that I had hard plastic kind of more fiberglass. I don't know what. Okay. Um, pretty much, um, you know, neck to waist. Um, up until I guess when I was around 11 or 10 or 11, they eventually decided it's not doing anything for me anymore. Okay. And so they, they didn't make me wear it at, you know, from then on, um, all through my childhood, I knew that I was going to have surgery at some point. Okay. Um, once I finished growing. So it was always something kind of in the background that was going to happen mm -hmm. someday. Um, so I just it was sort just of grew kind up of, knowing that. Illuminating in the back, like, yeah. like a cloud. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And all through my childhood, it was, it, scoliosis wasn't really a big deal for me in terms of um day-to-day -day stuff I did whatever my family and my brothers and sisters did um it was just every six months or so it was a day's worth of doctor's appointments um, okay. and going and getting x-rays and then 
you know, that whole process. Did you have any pain growing um, up? I don't really remember pain. Okay. Um, my family was pretty active, like going out and hiking and whatnot. So, so you were treated was, even with probably helped with the scoliosis. There was basically no different. You didn't have to do things differently or separately because you were in pain. You were able to be just as active as your family members. I mean, I was always slower. Um, I've never been a super, well, until now, I've never been a super active person. Okay. I never exercised on purpose until and, like my forties. And now you're swinging gatas. <laughs> no, I, no, yeah. I go to the gym like every day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, so actually something I saw just you know, kind of brought back a memory is, is somebody talked about the memory of being in school and going through that process of being called to the nurse's office and they line everybody up and they check their back like mm -hmm. you you stand up and you lean over and right. that whole thing and then some kids get aside and said okay we're going to call your parents and make you got to make these appointments and blah 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 and I was like oh yeah I remember that and then I was and then it struck me like why did I do that why did they make me go through that process they already knew I had scoliosis and they still made you do so, it yeah, and, and it didn't even it didn't even occur to me that that was weird until just now. It's like, what? Why? Yeah. Okay, interesting. They probably just had a list and they had to check off everybody. <laughs> back in back in those days, I'm sure it was so, like it didn't matter. It was like your name, right. check your name, check your name, yeah, check. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you yeah. remember? Do, scoliosis. do you remember your first brace, or you have no memory of that? I don't have cognitive memory of it. Like I can't think about it, but whenever I see a picture of one, I get a little startled. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I have an emotional memory of it. Yeah. Sure. I, I can, um, I, I think all that movie 16 candles I was like we were probably teenagers when that mm -hmm. came out mm -hmm. and there was a girl who was in the brace dancing and she was trying to get a drink of water out of the fountain and she couldn't up to the neck yeah because mm -hmm. I had that thing under my chin yeah okay mm -hmm. so you had your first brace so. was all the way up to under your chin yeah and then yeah. you moved into the Milwaukee brace no that was the Milwaukee brace that's okay. part of Okay. I think that was like a, an, an attachment, like not everybody had that part. Yeah, because I had them, but, I think there were two, there must have been two versions because I had the Milwaukee brace that didn't yeah. have that, but I had the metal under mm -hmm. my, under my arms yeah. with the straight down and then the leather hips right. and yeah, yeah. I, I call it the worst course that you could <laughs> ever imagine. <laughs> so how old were you? And you remember it. I remember, yeah, I remember right. it. And I remember yeah. walking, I remember um, leaving ballet class and refusing to wear it and walking down the street with it and just being like, let me get home. Cause I was like, yeah. I don't, you know, it's yeah. like people, you don't want people to see it. Um, right. Right. So, but when did you end up having surgery? I had my, the rest of the rest of my spine was fused. I was, I've always thought I was 13. I might've been 12. I don't know. Okay. Okay. One of those. Okay. Um, and so what was it like, you know, during leading up into during and after, what do you remember? I don't remember that it was that, I mean, I don't remember that I was afraid. 
But I guess I kind of remember the appointment where the doctor said, okay, it's time. We're going to, you know, we're going to schedule surgery. And I was really upset then. I remember crying. Um, Before that and after that, appointments were very much like not a ceremony. I don't go that far, but it was Mm -hmm. definitely a ritual. And I would get out of school. And so that was kind of nice. And then my mom would take me to lunch after. Mm-hmm. So there was some amount of, you know, positivity about it. Yeah. But definitely it was scary going in and not knowing, you know, how, what, what really was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I had, I had some kind of procedure um, where they injected dye into my spinal cord. I'm sorry. And then. I guess they did an x-ray or some kind of scan. What? They injected what? And I, they did some sort of scan. So they, I think they were just looking where's your spinal cord so that we don't, you know, damage it. And just that, I remember that was the most painful thing. Okay. I think it's the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. Like having that needle go into my spinal cord. So it's, and I couldn't move. Yeah. I've never had, I don't know why they couldn't have knocked me out for that, but yeah. I've never had a needle injected into my spine, but I can only imagine. I can only imagine it's, um, yeah. So you, so you had the, you had that done and you had the surgery and you had the, the nice moments with your mom. Some weeks or something. Okay. And how long, how long were you in the Uh, hospital for? I, it was definitely about a week. It might've been two weeks. Okay. Um, my parents were living in different States at that point. Okay. So like my dad came, um, to, I was in North Carolina at that point. Okay. Living with my mom, but my dad came out to kind of help out and be with me too. So that was okay. nice. Okay. Um, and I remember, I mean, it was in a children's hospital in North Carolina. So it was very much like they, 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 took really good care of you in terms of recreational stuff and the nurses were nice and funny. And okay. so, I mean, I do feel like I got a lot of attention, you know, and I guess I was definitely in pain. I must've been in the hospital for two weeks. Cause I remember I didn't get up for a week. Okay. Um, and I remember the first time that they had me sit up straight mm-hmm. and try to stand I was so nauseous. Like I almost passed out. Um, okay. Yeah. I remember when I, I was, I, they must've done two weeks. Cause I was, when I had my surgery, it was 82, 83. And I was in the hospital for two weeks. And I remember yeah. the, the first time I got up and went to the bathroom, I could see the string out of my spine from the stitches. Oh, like there was a oh. little piece of string the clear, the butterfly, I don't know. It was, yeah. it was a clear, like, it looked like fishing pole, fishing uh, line. And it was sticking out of my, my back. And I, and you could see it like over your shoulder. Yeah. I looked in the mirror uh, and I could see it. Wow. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> my mom said, yeah. I just turned green. So, yeah. But, um, I, I had some sort of process, um, where, I was really, really bloated after surgery. Okay. Like I think what I understand is they took my blood, they took a lot of my blood out and they did basically dialysis okay. and they replaced it with fluid. 
And so that way they could, they could avoid giving me a transfusion. Interesting. So then after the surgery, they gave me my same blood back. Okay. Um, and then because of that, all that extra fluid that I was, that I had, my, my face was like blew up like a balloon. Okay. And so I remember my, like my, my mom was really freaked out. I wanted her to take a picture of it to show me, but she refused. So you were still carrying that fluid in your system. Yeah. For, I don't know, a few days or a week. maybe. Okay. Okay. And then how did it feel? Did they do any type of physical therapy with you in the hospital or were they just like, okay, get up and walk and that's it. There must've been a physical therapist that came when I was first getting up the first few times, but okay. I, I never had like, even throughout my whole life, I never had physical therapy sessions okay. with anybody. Okay. And then how did it, um, how did it feel once you got out into, I'm going to say the real world or normal life post-surgery? Yeah. Like how, um, how did I went you home. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> I went home after two weeks. Um, I, I really don't remember. I should ask my parents. Okay. Um, but I was, I must've had probably another couple of weeks before I had to go back to school. Um, um, I, I mean, I don't, I think I just blocked a lot of that out of my memory. Okay. Um, I think that's when we're at that age of having that surgery, that's often the case. There are certain things mm -hmm. that I have no recollection. And I wanted nothing to do with learning about it. I didn't want to talk about it. I just wanted to get past it. Yeah. Well, it was such a, it, I, it's such a, there's such a stigmatism attached to it, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and, and now I think through social media, we're becoming that much more aware, but at our yeah. time, it's, um, you know, it was like, I mean, you, you know, you would hear about it and people could say like, oh, well, the hunchback of Notre Dame. And you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. And then you have this vision in your head and you're like, no. And, right. you, and you do everything you can to block it out and to live, to live life mm -hmm. as, as a normal, mm -hmm. you know, normal quote unquote human being. Mm -hmm. But internally, you know that the scars are that much deeper than mm -hmm. than any surgery yeah. can can leave can leave but um but i must say you've made quite a journey because you're now as yeah you, i yeah. mean you're, you're working out like all the time and uh talk tell us a little bit about that like how you got how you just okay. how that um well i I had appointments after my surgery for, I think by the time I was 15 okay. or so, they just basically released me saying, okay, you're, you're healed. You're good. You don't need any more follow-ups or anything like that. So then, and I think my, I remember my doctor giving me two rules for life. Um, and I think they were, well, one of them was definitely no trampolines. And I'm pretty sure the other one was no roller coasters. Um, and I've always been really, really short and I didn't, I wasn't tall enough for the longest time to go on the big roller coasters. Anyways, I okay. desperately wanted to, and okay. then I wasn't supposed to. So, okay. um, eventually I did, <laughs> but, um, there's, so there's then, a... so I was, Sorry, no, I was just going to say, there's only so yeah. long that we can hold back of what they tell right. us yeah. we can't do. Mm -hmm. That's what I told someone, some one of the other scoliosis people on Instagram. It's like, it's my spine and my rules. 
And that's it. Yeah. So I bounced somewhat between, so my, my parents were living on opposite sides of the country. Okay. So I bounced, you know, regularly between the two of them for vacations mm-hmm. and whatnot. And by the time I was, I started high school, I moved out to Oregon. Okay. And, um, and I think partially that was leaving my scoliosis life behind. Um, okay. Because it was mostly my mom who had kind of dealt with all of that. Mm-hmm. So then I could go and just be as normal as I could, you know, um, and not have to not have to deal with all that. So, and I really didn't, it, it didn't matter to me at all. I mean, I'm short, I'm always gonna be, mm-hmm. I'm not very flexible, but in terms of, you know, day-to-day going to school, um, um, hiking with my family, just normal high school life, um, I didn't, it didn't affect me. Okay much I think so and then by the time I was in college I was in the city and then I was at a city and I um I started bike commuting and so that was really the first time I'd exercised okay kind of for real even though you know I wasn't exercising on purpose um I had to be doing had to had to meet some other some other purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a little not, I don't know, countercultural or a little bit of a stretch, but. Um, okay. But it was, it was the first step that you took towards moving consistently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So okay. that was for several years. And then, um, so that was until I guess my late twenties. Um, and then I moved to Vermont then so that was 22 years ago okay and and pretty much i lived the same life here just going to work i work with kids who have disabilities Mm -hmm. some of them have autism or um emotional disturbances of various kinds um and you know it didn't and scoliosis didn't really affect me i haven't really addressed it much um and then about four years ago I just was going through some changes, I guess, and just needed a new hobby. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started joining some friends at the gym and we mm-hmm. have a wellness center gym that's basically like CrossFit. Okay. Um, it's not an official anything, but so I started going to classes there and really saw a lot of progress okay. quickly. Okay. And I think that program really is if you're in a in a good program like that it it it's really reinforcing you know you see a lot of progress quickly mm-hmm. and it makes you want to do it more um okay. and it felt good and and really for the first time i was able to see the positive aspects that my body can do um look at the weight that it can lift and it can move this way and that way yeah. and, and you know, I, I definitely remember starting thinking, you know, there's a lot of movements, maybe 30, 40, 50, I mean, pretty much infinite mm-hmm. that, that you can do. And maybe, maybe I'll be able to do half of them. And um, like specifically seeing somebody 
put a, a barbell on their back and squat down, I kind of rolled my eyes the first time thinking, okay, that's just one of the things I'm not going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. But um, just through going through progressions and maybe putting a, a really, really lightweight bar or even a PVC pipe in that same position and, and squatting down onto a box. Yeah. You know, I started on a really high box and yeah. got lower and lower and, and then got rid of it. And then the weight came on and yeah. So the stigmatism started to go away and the empowerment started to come yeah. in. And I really started to be able to talk about my back and my body in a way that I hadn't before okay. um, to describe to other people, um, why it was different and what it's, what, how it works and what my limitations are. And um, how did that? So yeah, movement in general has been really empowering and therapeutic. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, how did that feel talking about it with people in a community who I'm gonna say, quote unquote, aren't like us? They're, they're, they're not like us, but they are in that everybody has something, mm-hmm. you know? And I've always felt a little bit like that in a scoliosis community because I don't have normal scoliosis. I remember going into my surgery at 12-ish mm-hmm. and other girls were talking about... Um, having their spines fixed or straightened or whatever. And I couldn't have that. You know, some people grow several inches on the, on the operating table and I couldn't have that. Yeah. So the, the, we all, the pain is the same, mm -hmm. no matter what our curves are or aren't the pain is the same. I've talked about it recently where um, my, my story, which you know a little bit about it and how traumatizing yeah. it was for me. And somebody shared uh, their daughter's images of the spine yeah. and seeing the spine. And I, mm-hmm. I lost it, you know? I didn't, I didn't gain any, any inches in my surgery and, and I'm still crooked. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know to what degrees anymore because it was so long ago, but the imagery brought me right back to that little girl who had no explanation of surgery. It was, you're having surgery and that's it. Yeah. And then you go into the hospital and you're in there for two weeks and you can bend and then you can't. And then life happens and you're like, I had, I had no physical therapy, just getting up and walking. And that was it, you know, and, and now they talk about with people and, you know, you have physical therapists and you, you taught how to bend and how to move. We didn't have that, Mm -hmm. you know, how to pick something up. I didn't know how to do that. Nobody taught me how to do that. I had to pick things up with my toes and put them in my hand. But I, I, you know, starting to do things like that. And, and that, that I'm going to call it a scar, that emotional scar is yeah. deeper than the surgery. 
because it's mm -hmm. the, it's the daily reminder of what we can't do but mm -hmm. i have um, you and i have worked together and uh mm -hmm. one of my you know i use you so often as an example with people because when we met in washington square park two years ago now i think um yeah. <laughs> it's crazy but um you know, just talking about your story and listening to your story and then the aftermath and, and watching you get more comfortable and become even that much more empowered in your movement and what is possible with your body. And, you know, you're, you're in touch with Bill and Steven so uh, Stephanie Sorensen on Instagram. Yeah. And right. you, and they have their, they have their, uh, their cookbook and their, their, yeah their their recipe for yeah, yeah. homemade goddess right. and you you made one mm -hmm. you made one and yeah. now you're moving yeah. you know and and the mobility of working with a gata or a mace or clubs i just like right. i i you you fill my heart with your story <laughs> and i love sharing that because it's 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 it just gives me i've i'm I'm honored to know you and to watch you. Well, thank it. you. I'm, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and watch how you've embraced it. And now you're mm -hmm. swinging goddess and making them. And I'm very jealous of that. <laughs> well, next time I, 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 plan, I think we're going to make them again when it warms up and um, I can make one for you. Oh, <laughs> bring it down when the next time I'm in the city. <laughs> well, you'll have to do the painting yourself. Tell, tell people a little bit about the Gata and, and um, Stephanie and Bill Sorensen and how you, how you got into that aspect of working out. Cause that's generally, that's not a CrossFit. I must've seen the Gata's through you. Okay. You know, if you were using the mace and then, or just maybe you posted on your stories, like there's all this Instagram stuff I don't understand, like sharing other people's stories and this and that. So I must have seen a link to the goddess and I thought it looked cool. And okay. so I kept looking, looking at those and following different people. Um, and I love the, the different kinds of movements. I mean, the swings are great. Um, and then you can basically do anything else that you do like with lunges or squats or sideways things and all sorts of things. You can do that with a mace as well, just to right. add different, different kinds of intensity. Um, yeah. And so then they made that book and I love to make, I just love to learn. Yeah. So, you know, uh, they had the book about how to make it and it's like, just use whatever stuff you have around. Okay. I love to do that. Yeah. Um, and my friend here got, got interested in it too. So nice. we have a set that made of different, different weights. And you guys are swinging now, um, swinging the goddess around. In yeah. 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 And she teaches classes and she, um, uh, she teaches some workout classes at our little wellness center gym. And she has a program now where there's clients that come and, and she incorporates the Gata and the Mace with, with those as well. So that's really fun. Very cool. I think it's spreading. It's, yeah. it's, it's slowly becoming contagious and, um, uh -huh, it is. Pe people are, people are it's always really, one of the things she said is, is one of her clients is pregnant. And so she feels limited on how much weight 
in terms of like regular weightlifting stuff she can ask her to do mm-hmm. but with a mace you can do any you can it's still yeah. you can really change the intensity a lot without adding much weight yeah so yeah. that's that's and the the mm-hmm. and it, yeah because you can you can choke up the mace just to get used mm-hmm. to you know yeah. doing a, a 360 or 180 or you know just bringing it around your head and then as it gets as you progress, you bring your hands further down. Mm-hmm. But um, that's right. that's great. And you can add in, you know, different body weight movements too. Right. Yes. And and it can, you can, and your uh, your stability will be challenged on it at all times. At all right. times. Right. And and that is, for me, I think that's probably one of my most favorite things about it. And um, it like you said, it doesn't have to be heavy. It's, yeah. it's, um, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful piece of equipment, <laughs> but is there anything that you would like to share that you haven't shared yet with the people who are listening to this podcast? Um, hmm. I think the most important thing that I've learned in the last year, well, the last four years of just adding exercise and movement into my life is that you know, I, I went into it thinking I was going to be so limited. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't move my back this way. I can't bend that way. I can't reach that far. Um, but I, I, I've been able to just do so, so, so much. Um, and there's so many different ways to accommodate movement and so many different ways to move. Um, and so throughout a typical week, you know, I go to the gym and I do CrossFit style classes. I go to this mobility class. That's really like dance almost. And Mm -hmm. that's been, (laughs) I'm like dance phobic. I have completely been like that. So I know that must seem wonderful to you. (laughs) And, um, I've just never heard it. It's amazing that I'm doing that. No, I was, I've never heard it put that way. Three or four times a week. Too. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But I think that's part of growing up with a weird body. It's like, I don't want people looking at me. Yeah. And through, you know, structured movement, whether it's whatever kind of exercise it is, you know, it's, it's giving me, given me a way to make it okay that people look at me and I can talk about my body and. Okay. And, and, and yeah. What, um, what do you, how has it, how has it changed you? How, from where you are, from where you were to where you are and where do you want to be? Well, I'm 50 tomorrow, so <gasps> I want to wish you a happy birthday. Doing the things that I'm doing, no oh, thanks. I want to just be able to keep moving. Okay, I love that. Yeah, as I get older, I just want to keep doing all the things I want to keep. Like, so I've done CrossFit and I swim, and now I've learned some stuff with the mace and the god there's loads more to learn and then after that i want to learn the next thing and after that i'm going to learn the next thing i just want to keep incorporating learning and movement into my life just keep progressing and then 
I'm also working on a really, really big back tattoo right now. I don't have anything yet in my skin, but there will be soon. Okay, so what? What I'm working with you, an artist. Will you share the design with us, or do we have to oh, wait if you're yeah. going to expose it? Oh, you mean right now? Yeah. Uh, well, it's a it's a tree. Okay. And in the trunk of the tree, there's some vertebrae, <gasps> and you know, I don't know what my individual vertebrae look like. But I've sent the artist images of like what different hemivertebrae okay. look like. So she's incorporating that. And then um, there's a few other little, so then, yeah, it's a tree. So, so when are you hoping to have the artwork finished that she's going to have the design for you? Process. <laughs> it's been over a month and we're still working on the design. Okay. So, uh, so when do you hope I'm to hoping by well it'll be it should be done by summer will we be seeing it will you share it with us oh, on yeah. Instagram I'll post it okay okay where can yeah. people find you on Instagram Sarah he 3210 otherwise known yeah. as Sarah H on Instagram but Sarah he yeah. 327 you said mm -hmm. That's three, where, two, one, zero, excuse me, three, two, one, zero. That's where we can find you or people listening to this can find you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. As any last thoughts, do you have anything you would like to share with people listening? Okay. I, I, yeah. Keep moving as effectively and safely as we can, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'd like to right. say thank you for being my first person to interview on this podcast. It is an honor. I'm honored to be your first guest. <laughs> it's an honor for me. Um, as I said, I have shared parts of your story with other people from the time we met at Washington Square Park way before COVID. <laughs> um yeah thank you for taking the time to to share your story you're welcome this was fun <laughs> so if anybody i haven't like really told you know my whole story as as one long block before so okay yeah well there's there's people out here who are hopefully listening and can relate and say that's me you know, or they know somebody and says, that sounds just like my friend. And mm -hmm. then they'll realize that they're not alone. So for that, I say, thank you. All right, great, thank you. <laughs> All right. If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.